As we are seated, let's turn to our call to worship for this morning, and let us share this call together. Now is the time to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to God. God is gracious and will be with us. The Lord is our guide and will build us up and gather us in. God will heal our broken lives and bind up our wounded souls. God's understanding is beyond measure. It is God's grace and love which lifts us up when life beats us down. God finds pleasure when we respect that God is God and we are not. Our true hope is not in ourselves, but in the mercy, grace, and steadfast love of God. With one voice, voice we gather gather to praise and honor the God God of our salvation. Only God can give the peace which the world cannot give or take away. We will praise God with thankful hearts and willing spirits. In that same spirit, then, let us pray together our prayer of invocation. O Lord, you are not pleased with empty words broken promises, or slick phrases. Help us to enter this hour of worship with clean hands and pure hearts, for we know that your Spirit searches everything. Do not find us wanting or indifferent, because your love and the promise of new life are fresh with the beginning of each new day. Bring to each of us this morning the new life we find in Jesus the Christ. And Lord, by the guidance of your Holy Spirit, help our lives to bear the fruit of the kingdom. Even as we gather in the harvest of the fields, may we provide a harvest of new life for lost souls. In Jesus' name, amen. Our lectionary reading from Paul's epistles comes from his letter to the Ephesians, where he writes a commendation about thanksgiving and prayer. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he extended when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything 
in every way. This is the word of God for the people of God. This morning, Linda is going to share the children's message. Good morning. I'm excited. Thanksgiving's almost here, and I was born the day after Thanksgiving, a few years back. Um, But my birthday moves around because Thanksgiving moves around. So this year, it's not right on Thanksgiving, but I'm excited because... I'm still here. I'm going to be a year older. Woohoo! <laughs> As we get older, we have to celebrate things in life, right? There's so much to celebrate every day. Did you guys happen to see the sunrise this morning? It was incredible. Pink, not my favorite color, but pink spread all across from Norwich to Oxford. It was gorgeous, and if you get up early, you can see that. If you're up in the evening, you can see the sunset, and it's been beautiful. So look for the things that God gives you to give you joy. So I'm going to, I could tell you so much today, but I have to keep it in. It's just the spirit makes me happy. We're going to talk about 1 John chapter 3, just verse 1. I'm going to read it to you, and then we'll do a couple things. So just that one verse. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Do you know we are all children of God? All of us. So I'm going to set my Bible down to my paper and try to stay on track because I do get so excited when I get to do children's story. Would the children of God please stand up? Because we are all children, if you can stand. If you're hurting today, it's okay to sit because <laughs> I understand that too. Um, I'd like us to sing a little short Sunday school song that Mrs. Whiteman has taught for years. We all know this song because we've heard it as we came into Sunday school and she was singing it and the kids were singing it. And Mrs. Shaw's gonna start it for us. And if you know it, just sing along with us, okay? I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, down in my heart. Down in my heart, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. I've got the love of Jesus, love of Jesus down in my heart. Down in my heart, down in my heart, I've got the love of Jesus, love of Jesus down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. Thank you. You guys are good. You can all sit down. Thank you, thank you. Give each other a hand. You did great. You know what? That's a way to praise God, too. When we clap our hands, that's a praise to God. Um, 
that's a really good song because it just lifts us up and you can sing it whenever you think of it i woke up singing it in this morning because god had put it in my heart so i just couldn't (laughs) stop singing it do you know that god loves it when we praise him he loves it when we talk to him like we talk to our earthly fathers you can just talk to your dad sometimes you just want to tell him stuff Sometimes you want to ask them questions, um, but sometimes our dads have gone on to heaven, and, and God is our heavenly Father, so we can talk to him anytime. And when you talk to God, what's that called? Praying. Yep, that's praying, whenever we talk to God. And sometimes when we pray, we're really happy. Sometimes when we pray, we're sad. Sometimes when we pray, we're not sure what's going to happen. Like what's happening in our lives right now with COVID. Everybody is like, what is going to happen now? (laughs) Are we going to be staying home? Are we going to be wearing masks when we're close to people? Washing our hands and doing all the things to stay safe? When are people going to stop being sick? And there's all kinds of questions that we have to talk to God about. Remember, God is our Father, and we are called children of God. Remember that one. We can talk to him anytime, anywhere. Most of the time, I talk to him in the shower, (laughs) because that's the time I get some quiet time. And sometimes I talk to him when I'm walking my dog, And sometimes, if I'm really stressed over something, I just talk to him real quick, real short prayers. Lord, help me. (laughs) You know, anything that lets him know that we need his guidance. Now, whenever you think of being a child of God, you think about the times that you can pray. Shall we all pray together now? Lord Jesus, thank you for the joy of being one of your children. Lord, thank you for the festive time of year that's coming, the holidays when we can celebrate all the good things you give us and the birth of Jesus that's coming. Lord, there's so much to carry in our hearts to celebrate. Don't let the fear of COVID scare us. Don't let it bring us down and if we get a little nervous we'll just talk to you lord thank you for this day and the way that you guide us all in jesus name we pray amen i want to just um october is a is a month that usually in the past we've celebrated pastor appreciation and november is a month when we celebrate um, thankfulness and, and thanking people for their gifts. And so I wanted to take a second today, and um, we have a couple of gifts here. One for Marsha, who's um, our very talented organist, who uh, is celebrating a birthday coming up shortly. So happy birthday to you. Carry to the service. 
And um, also to Reverend Johnson, um, his birthday is also this week. Thank you to both of you. Oh, very gracious. Thank you. And I agree with you. You have a very talented organist. I, I love worshiping here because of the music that we do have to share with each other. Well, so. you have a very capable substitute, substitute coming for about three weeks. Yeah. I'm trying to get her to consider a concert, but she's <laughs> sort of reluctant. She thinks she isn't good enough, but I do. It's time for our prayers uh, of, for joys and concerns this morning. And uh, I'm going to be doing whatever I do from up here today. My batteries are gone. So <clears throat> we'll try to do that next week. We'll get new batteries. Uh, a prayer for Wanda, who is in intensive care uh, with COVID and kidney failure, uh, keeping her husband in prayer as well. This morning, we need to keep our health care workers in uh, prayer, uh, nurses' aides, doctors, physicians, um, ER people, everybody who works in our health care system. Um, the stress is obviously tremendous, and yet they still come to work and they still get ready to help people uh, in our hospitals. And so we do need to uh, keep all of those folks in mind. And uh, we have a request this morning that we remember President Trump in our prayers and hope that somehow the love and grace of God will be at work in him and through him in the coming days uh, as we prepare for a transition in this nation. Also, um, just continue to remember all of those folks who have lost loved ones, not just to this virus, but to a variety of reasons. Uh, this is really a very uh, concerning time for our nation. And uh, we just need to be uh, very sensitive and very full of care uh, as we go about our daily uh, lives. I'm glad to see that we are maintaining the kinds of recommendations uh, for our relationships with each other, uh, social distancing, uh, masking, uh, being careful to uh, practice hygiene. We do that not just for ourselves, friends, but we do it for all of God's people uh, in the hope that uh, those folks who don't quite see it the way we do will somehow catch on eventually and begin to be uh, more concerned about are interacting with each other. So would you join with me for prayer today? By the indwelling of your Holy Spirit, may the words and thoughts that we bring to this hour of worship speak to you of our concern and care for your world and for the people who dwell herein, for those who are in positions of leadership, for those who are in positions of caring and helping those in need, 
for those who, even those who simply don't understand or simply refuse to respond. Only you, God, can open up the human heart. Only you, by the indwelling of your Holy Spirit, can make us more deeply aware of what it means to be a neighbor, to be in relationship with each other, and to express the kinds of care and concern that build one another up. So we pray for all of those who are in our health care systems. We pray for families who are struggling for food or for shelter. We pray for families who are dealing with grief and sadness. And in the midst of all of that, help us never to lose our vision of you and what you can do in this world if we only open ourselves to the leading of that spirit. Help us, O God, to keep our vision upon Jesus Christ. For in him we do know that there is the way, the truth, and the life. We pray, O God, that during these holiday seasons, somehow once again the spirit of goodwill will surface in such a way that it brings hope to a troubled world. We are very aware, Lord, that everywhere we look in this world, there is the need for hope. May we find our true and lasting hope in you. For as Jesus reminds us, he came as the hope of the world. So we pray in his name, the prayer which he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The hymn this morning is Spirit of God Descend Upon My Heart. Still. 
Please be seated, and if you wish, follow on our bulletin insert the reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? <coughs> the king will reply, Truly, I tell you, Whatever you did for one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. They will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. This is the word of God for the people of God. Would you pray with me? As much as we want your word to comfort us, Lord, sometimes it needs to stir us, to cause us to stop long enough to consider what it is you would have us do and be in this world. The scripture we share today comes to us because we do live in a troubled world and a world that is sometimes indifferent. And sometimes we do overlook the very things we need to do in order to share the good news of Christ in some practical and caring ways. So may this scripture this morning 
continue to make us aware that you have called us and you will send us as you have equipped us to make a difference in the world around us. We pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. It seems kind of strange that as we go into a period of giving thanks that we should have to be reminded that we live in a world that is full of need, sometimes beyond our very imaginations. Many years ago, it was my privilege to travel to India on behalf of the conference uh, of the uh, Upper New York uh, United Methodist Church. Our purpose was to go to see some of the mission work that the church was doing in India. And so we had a tour bus and there were several of us. And we went from village to village and from community to community. One of the most startling things I noticed as we traveled down the highway was that the nation of India was building new culverts along the side of the road and they had huge, big, round culverts that they were putting in along the side of the road. The thing that startled me was there were people living in those culverts. And as the construction crews came to pick up one of the huge culverts to place it in its proper place, those who lived therein simply picked up what meager belongings they had and moved on down the way hoping to find another place to seek shelter. We don't see visions like that very much, although it seems to be that more and more in our country, as we look at some of our population centers, we see more and more homeless people who are living in makeshift quarters, gathering what little they can to secure themselves, not just for the future, but for just a single day. They look for things they can eat, things to keep them warm, things to provide some kind of shelter in the weather. Well, it was many years after that that I was the chaplain for the Protestant community at Syracuse University. One of the graduate students that came to my office periodically for a visit was a young woman from India. I talked with her about my experience of having traveled there and seen the kind of want and need that was so evident in that nation. She said, there are things that you have not seen because I am one of those refugees who had to leave my home with my parents and travel on the road to a destination we did not know. And one of the great tragedies that I shall never forget, she said, is a family of children and parents having to decide which child to lead to leave by the roadside. We cannot begin to imagine that sort of thing, can we? Which of our children, as we made our way to God knows what, would we have to leave behind? You see, we do live in a world uh, about which Jesus was very aware. 
He doesn't just share these words from the Gospel of Matthew to to simply stir us and, and make us feel guilty or uneasy about life. He shares these words from the Gospel of Matthew because this is a reality in our world. It's a reality in Jesus' day, and it has been a reality in every generation since then. The human family has had to struggle in many places around the world to survive simply one day at a time. Now, most of us in this season of the year are going to put together some kind of a gathering, even if it's just with our spouse or maybe one or two people, and some folks will be able to gather families, and we will have enough food on the table. We will have clothes on our back, and we will have a roof over our head. And as we sit at table, I encourage you, not because I want you to feel guilty about having what we have, because I want to encourage you to think about the world in which Jesus must have written these words to those who were willing to hear what he had to say. You know, there's a companion piece of scripture in the Gospel of Luke that always fascinated me. It's in the 18th chapter, and it's the account of the Pharisee and the tax collector who both come to the temple. And the Pharisee, standing in all his glory with all of his robes and all of his power and position, authority and influence, wants to impress God with how important he is. And he begins by basically saying, Lord, look at me, what a fine, fine example I am of everything religious. And then the contrast, of course, is the tax collector. Very humbly and very simply, as he stands in the presence of God, says, Lord, have mercy on me. I am a sinner. How many times in the Gospels did Jesus have to encounter the Pharisees and their piety and their religiousness with a reminder that it's more than simply being super religious. It's more than just simply coming to the temple on all of the high holy days. If that does not have anything to influence you in the way you live outside the temple, of what use is it? We share the good news. We are a people of the word. We believe that what Jesus said and did and taught is going to give us a sense of purpose and hope and meaning for our lives. We believe that this word we share when we gather to worship is going to be the very foundation upon which we build not only our relationship with God in this world, but in the world to come. It's not enough to be super religious. The Pharisee who stood in the temple probably talking about a long list of his accomplishments for the good of the kingdom. Somehow missed the whole point, didn't he? And as Jesus talks about this, he reminds us that there are practical things that we as believers in Jesus Christ do. 
And I am very pleased, it's the short time that I have been able to be a part of this congregation. You have a mission Sunday on the fifth Sunday of every month. You're gathering items of clothing for those who will be exposed to the weather. You are gathering food for the hungry. All of the things that we do as the body of Christ are in keeping with what Jesus said as he shared this account with those who first heard him. But we need to do it personally too, as well as collectively. There will be opportunities every day for each and every one of us to somehow touch another life with hope or help in some way. So it is that as we move through this holy season that we need to always be reminded we have a wonderful capacity to make a difference in the world and we are doing it. The church has always been a beacon of hope for a troubled world. And even as we are all children of God, as Linda said this morning, so it is we are still children of God when we leave a sanctuary. We are still God's people wherever God sends us and into whatever circumstance we may find ourselves in any given day. Yes? We do believe that there will be a time of accountability. We know that in the fullness of God's time, God will act in a way that either welcomes us home or leaves us in the dark. It's important as we celebrate these days every single Sunday to know that Christ is a practical savior. Christ is not some pie-in-the-sky guy who simply came down from heaven and gave us some advice. He walked among us. He touched lives. He spoke words and did things that made a real difference for people. And he continues to do that day after day after day. Sometimes through you, and me. And so as we go through this holy season, in spite of everything that's going on around us, in spite of this virus, in spite of uncertainty, in spite of our sense of isolation from each other, friends, we are never isolated from God. We are never separated from the lover of our souls. We are never separated from the one who promised to be with us and to go before us. What a marvelous promise that is. We are never alone. Because aloneness says we have no sense of relationship at all with anything. But God is not going to abandon. God is not going to leave us alone. God comes to us and is with us. That is the good news. Now next Sunday, we're going to begin our Advent journey. We're going to really try to prepare ourselves to receive the Christ because the world received him not. But we will receive him because he will live with us, within us, and it will make all the difference.
in our spiritual and in our practical journeys. You know, Jesus is one of the most practical figures of Scripture. We want to elevate him to some kind of a spiritual being. But Jesus never counted equality with God something to be grasped. What he wanted to do was to show us what it means to live in this world and to do the will and work of God. The more we do that, the more we show the world that we are indeed children of God and the body of Christ. Is that not what Paul wrote to every one of his churches, to Ephesus, to Corinth, to Thessalonica? Every place Paul wrote, he encouraged people to hold on to the faith in spite of the pressures of the world around us and to do the practical things that give evidence to the love and grace of God. Let's not be among those who in the fullness of God's time say, Lord, Lord, here I am, look at me, look what a wonderful person I am. And Jesus says, who are you? I never knew you. You were not in relationship with me. You were trying to impress the world with your goodness instead of living humbly as a child of God. And there will be those in the fullness of God's time who will say, Lord, Lord, look at me. See what a wonderful person I am. But those who really understand will understand the tax collector, will understand the difference between the sheep and the goats will understand what it means to live practically as a people of God. Amen. Our closing hymn is, Spirit is Jesus is all the world to me. strengthen us for the days to come and may we know the love, the grace 
and mercy of God that does pass human understanding. And may we find our strength and our hope in our relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Go in his name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.